Pelican fans, message board morons, welcome back. It's Zach Miller and Peter Hale. This is the Midtown Madness Podcast. Before we get going, thank you so much for listening. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button as well as the bell icon down below to get notified whenever a new episode drops. It's season four of the Midtown Madness Podcast, and it's brought to you by Two Men and a Garden. Uh, everyone knows that I spend way too much time consuming online content and i cannot believe the most insane uh advertisements that come along with my some of my favorite shows um none of those subscription boxes those loot crates none of that nonsense here uh it's two men and a garden salsa that's all we're about it's local it tastes amazing they've got all the flavors to suit your individual salsa preferences if you don't eat sugar they got sugar-free, too. Um, you can get all of their products at any local grocery. Not all of their products, but you can get their products at any local grocery store. However, you can get all of them at twomenandagarden.com, which, if you're particular about your salsa preferences, that's where you want to go first. Follow them on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at Two Men Salsa. Hey, what should we complain about today? That's why people listen, right, Zach? Absolutely. They just love to hear Zach Miller whine about something that's going wrong in the athletic department. What's today's 35-minute rant? Let's find out. Uh, you know what? We don't have one. I'm gonna I I think that we're we're gonna be constructive today, Peter. I think. I think that's yeah. our plan. I think that's the way to be, Zach. I think we, we have to be fair, right? Like yes. we, if there are things worth complaining about or pointing out or or worrying about, I think that's fair. But when, when good things happen, I think that's that's fair too. We got to cover it all. Absolutely, and I think I think about ninety percent of the Champion Center grand opening on Monday the ninth at four p.m. Uh, was great. Also, sorry if you heard uh, Sunday night football in the background, ladies and gentlemen. I I have the headphones in, and I forget that there is sound on because the headphones are so nice. I, I would never dream of having anything else on while I do this show. I'm, you know I'm, lock, I'm locked in, Zach. You know what? I am that ADHD person, and I need something going on in the background uh, to make sure that I don't. Like, like, I can focus so much better if something on in the background is, like, it, it doesn't even matter. I, I don't know why. It's insane. You you need a sports bar atmosphere at all times. Like yes, you've got the neon on on behind you. Yes, you've got uh, you've got a bunch of different screens going. Yeah. I'm just I'm waiting for someone to bring wings out to you. Uh, just uh, <laughs> just way, to get if, the whole vibe. If, if Humphreys wants to bring me wings, I would not uh, would not protest. While we record, you like yes. every Sunday evening, Humphreys oh. knock on my door, deliver some wings. I'll leave it open for you. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, the Champion Center grand opening was Monday. Uh, Pete, these things like it, it's it's such a cool thing for you know we talked about it. it. It it may not move the needle as well for men's basketball, but it's it really is uh really big for the non revenue sports and uh but these these events where everybody talks are just the most cringy thing you can watch. Uh, and, and again, it's it's a lot of forced. Uh, a forced optimism. I don't even know. Like Pete, try to break it down for us. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've been to enough of these kind of things before to where you you more or less know how it's going to go down, right? Like like a certain group of people are going to speak. The president, the athletic director, a, a, a sample of head coaches, a sample of athletes, a sample of donors. They're all going to have their say, their their piece. There's probably going to be an MC, and then they're actually going to open the thing, and then tours will start. We we talked about the start time last week, right? It was it was four p.m. I probably would have shown up at five and just taken a tour, right? Because yeah. like I more or less know what's what's going to be said. I I don't need all the all the speeches. That's just me, you know. I I don't I don't need a lot of pomp do, and circumstance. Do you remember the old uh, like the old videos, like the viral videos that were all about kind of gross out and see how long you could watch them? That were back in like oh eight oh nine. Like the like the two girls one cup the, the like the the BME Pain Olympics you remember those because that's what these events are like for me like I can't I cannot make it through an entire one like that's, I start a clock and see how long I can last watching it. Well, well, for one, we've already established that you need multiple screens on while it's going right. So yes, oh God, yeah. You're like I could have I could have Pistello's speech would have been fine if I had like a, a college lacrosse game on one screen behind him. And like NFL <laughs> highlights on the other screen. <laughs> so, so we've already established that, but uh, number two, like that's about the least flattering comparison you could, you could ever give a public speaker is that it's like watching. I, uh, I'm not talking about the public speakers though. Like no, I'm just know, talking about the general, like everything about these are just like, Oh my God, stop patting each other on the back. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's dull. I, I don't know how else to get around it though, right? Like um I'll you know, see that's how you make it not dull. <laughs> you would just get up there and just cut you would just take the scissors, cut the ribbon and be like, let's check this thing out. Let's go. That's it. Yes. What's We're party? We, oh, we know, anybody tap the keg, I'll pump. We all know who paid for this. We all know who's gonna benefit from this. Uh, let's just go. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I, yeah, it's just, you know, uh, unfortunately that's how it uh how it goes but but look uh, you know it, it seemed like a nice event overall i as much as you say it was a little cringe i honestly didn't really watch it what I, what i was hoping for zach as uh um you know because i think as as fans are pretty curious about the place i don't think it's going to be open to the public pretty much ever right it's it, i think it's going to be like any other student campus building that where you're you're going to need you know it'll be it'll be a lot like the uh the men's soccer facility uh, okay. the, the locker rooms. I mean, if you anybody can wings. walk behind, yeah. Sorry, the the soccer locker rooms. Right. If you walk behind, you there's a door to go in from the backside, uh, as well as the front, and there's there's clearly key card access. So I I'm right. imagining, and to be honest, like Chaffetz Arena <laughs> had no security. <laughs> well, have you ever tried to get in that side door to Chaffetz Arena? It's always open. I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm never really around um, that much. I mean, like, I, I always like to, I don't know, walk around college campuses, you know, if I've yeah. got time to kill. And, um, and, and so, yeah, I, I always like when there's like an arena or stadium door unlocked or open or something's going on or whatever. I, I, I like that. But this place specifically is more of like a student services kind of building. You know, yeah. it's not quite like a student union that's open pretty much to the public. You know, you can get in and if there's a place to eat or something or a bookstore. Um, but I, I think it's a little bit different. It would be more like an academic building, right? Where there's, there's probably going to be a front desk or a key card or 
Maybe it would just be open certain hours while students are coming in and out. But regardless, as a fan who's like curious about the place, and I think I know a lot of people are based on responses we saw on on Twitter or the message board or anything, there are people who still kind of qu- aren't quite sure what it is and how it will all work and how it will impact the day to day for a lot of the the students and um, athletes that are going to use the buildings or the building. So I, I, what I really would have liked would have been a more comprehensive, like virtual tour, um, yes. where where we we could see more of of what it actually is. Where there, there were photos that are just of like four or five rooms, right? Like we didn't see much of the building. If they had like a full virtual tour, that would be awesome. Yeah, if like I could a, just kind of like see a what Coldwell it is. Banker Gundaker three uh, D house tour from <laughs> like from like the early two thousands. I love it. Sure. Get the nostalgia in there too. Yes. Yeah, so, so like, yeah, I, I, I think something, um, something like that would be cool. You like yeah. whatever the equivalent well, of that is. I, my, my idea was why not just post tweets, just do an individual tweet for each room, a picture that displays the entire room or at least the gist of the, the, you know, the furniture in the room tells, and then give us, you know, in a tweet, what it is and what 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 it will be used for right um I, and i think a thread of that would have been perfect because you can't you don't yeah. you don't have to leave twitter you don't have to click a link you don't have to yeah, yeah. slide through a slideshow you just scroll down the page and i, I think yeah. that would have been perfect and i think when i say virtual tour i probably mean something more like a video yeah. you know right um, right that's right. kind of walking us around but also like yeah if you if you had like a wide screen shot of the different rooms and like you say like kind of bullet points like this is what happened this is what goes on here this is what this is for i think it would give people more of an appreciation of kind of what it is and how it's going to be used um as opposed to we've got this new 20 million dollar building it's really nice it's going to benefit student athletes and that's that um, so we got, you know, little glimpses and previews of it, but something more comprehensive would be cool. Otherwise, look, I mean, like, yeah, I'm fine. Like the ceremony I'm sure was, was fun, as expected, exactly what everybody would have thought it was. And, um, I've heard nothing but great things about the facility itself. I'm glad that it's basically open for almost all of this current academic year. Um, so now it's just, it's a thing we have that's open on campus, right? It's not, it's not a thing that we're we're wondering when it's going to open anymore. So, so that's uh, it, it's cool that it's up and running, and and hopefully they it starts paying dividends, and the the you know the current athletes really like it um, already. Yeah, I think the one, excuse me, the one uh, kind of adjustment I thought they should have made, and I think I've said I've said this a lot, is I, I really wish they would have put nil on there somewhere. So like you look at like the the student success suite, uh, there's a couple of other rooms, you know, throw in uh, student success suite and NIL command center or something like, sure. because if it says it on the wall, it makes it real and tangible in that, that perspective athlete's mind. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. That's and, a, that's a good point. And some place. And I think I saw who, I can't remember what school already had this i want to say oh gosh who was it that 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 opened up something and they had an nil suite where you could it was basically a place where student athletes could set up meetings with prospective 
um, you know, advertisers or whatever you want to yeah. call them. So, so instead of instead of calling it like the Smith family conference room or whatever, it's actually like the yeah, like yeah, just give it a name. Give yeah. it an NIL spin. Exactly. Sure, sure. Exactly. So um, but just running down uh West Pine Bills, currently called West West Pine Big Baller brand on Twitter. Uh they like to change it up every so often. Uh <laughs> they they gave a little rundown of some of the some of the highlights. They didn't do much, but they did a lot. Um Chris May begins today's presentation noting how many services the center will provide for SLU athletes as well as some thank yous to the various campus partners. You get the idea. Um, Fred Pastello, uh, two points he made the, uh, by the way, wh- how are we, uh, how are we uh, shortening the name of the champion center? Are we doing OFCC or OCC? We got to We got to figure that one out. That's or good, do we, that's now let's question. just leave it, leave it to the students. Let's, Let's let, let the, let happen let the essays, you know. Yeah. Um, so the Laughlin, the Champion Center will allow SLU to better serve student athletes. The Champion Center will allow SLU to compete at higher levels. Uh, Bernadette McGlade was in attendance, the A-10 commissioner. Uh, she said that she had never seen anything like it. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where you're like, nobody's doing this. It's either nobody's doing this can either be you can either be an in, innovating or you can be just going off off the path. Yeah, you know, I um I, I was I was looking into some other stuff related to Xavier versus SLU as opposed, you know, in, in terms of how we're doing Billiken Club versus their all for one fun and then our NIL collective. We're gonna get into theirs. that soon, Pete. We're gonna get into it soon. I'm still doing my homework on that. But while I was doing that, I, I was looking at at their athletics page pretty in depth. And they actually have a, a champion center, what they call uh I, I, I now I'm already forgetting the name of the family, but it's like the Schmidt Family Champion Center. And it's it was more of uh it was a little bit smaller, a little bit lower price tag than ours a few years ago when I think it opened two years ago, but it's a little more training oriented. Like it's where the baseball like batting cages are and they have a lap pool in there. And um, it's a little more, you know, strength and conditioning and training um, for some of the outdoor sports and and stuff like that. So it's got, you know, your fair share of meeting rooms and film rooms and stuff like that. But I think those are a little more communal. So similar but but different and i i thought it was pretty interesting that it's it's also something family champions center so it's not the only building of its kind it might be in the a10 though i mean like if if the a10 commission is saying that then that's that's probably the case uh we talked a little bit about how nil oh did i finish that thought or did i just kind of bail um i did no just that's bail. that's pretty uh fred pastello of course reminded everyone that slew is the oldest Je- oldest university west of the Mississippi and the second oldest Jesuit university in the country. It's about the last. Um, Pete, I think one thing that uh, you have uh, Matt Hawk. I think, wait, what's his actual name? Billiken Hawk is his Twitter handle. Um, he said, uh, I think he's just Billiken Hawk because he's Billiken and KU. Uh, but he said, uh, at some point, I'd love to see someone from SLU explain what this actually is. Yeah. I get the in the abstract, but like, what is the inspiration? Who, if anyone, is it modeled after? What's the sales pitch to prospective athletes with it, et cetera? Uh, I said, I just responded, you know, I think 
the selling point is that it's unprecedented and nobody else is doing this. He said, I mean, I know that's the line, but is it though? I still think some additional clarifying information along the lines of we wanted to do this, but when we did the research, others have only done pieces of it and no one had actually done what we wanted to do. So uh, what, what do you think this, this is? Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about it in the past a little bit, but I think that the idea here is to give all of the different programs kind of their own space. Um, you know, they've got their offices and everything in the shape in Shafitz, but this kind of gives them a place to go, um, you know, watch game film, have team meetings, whatever. Um, it's also got things like it's, it's got a, a little market kind of area for athletes. I think there's athletes. a full kitchen in there. I think it's actually full a cafeteria kitchen. too. So, so, so there's like a lot more attention given to nutrition and and the timing of meals and the type of meals and the availability of different things they're going to need throughout the day. We've had players on here before talking about kind of like what they're doing. And it's just, it's that whole element of being a college athlete in 2023 is so different than, you know, when I was on campus and, uh, that it, it, I wouldn't say that was an afterthought, but it wasn't nearly as as overseen or anything like that. Reiner um, cafeteria on Mondays or whatever it was. The, the was... cafeteria food was, in hindsight, like almost shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we had all we had era. all like we had like KFC and Fuse, which was pretty dope. But I probably got a little fat. Uh, from that one uh we had chick-fil-a in uh in grand market we had chick-fil-a badass in, in the student center when i was a freshman no but then way. my my j- sophomore and junior years that that whole the whole student union was closed for renovation that's right so it when it reopened um my senior year there was no chick-fil-a because that I'm not, was... I'm not a chick-fil-a guy all right anyway though i think it's i i, I like chick-fil-a so it's, overrated it's delicious yeah. um uh, but I mean, the, the, they created their own way for to do drive through for Christ's sake. Like that's insane enough as it is. Uh, anyway, sorry. Um, but no, that was the that was back when uh, the bookstore was actually where the um, like it was right across yes. from Fuse. R- right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Briefly. Right. Yeah. That, that's that's where it was. When I was there, uh, I guess earlier in in college, yeah, but, yeah my senior that. year is when that that moved. Anyway, so sorry, I, I think the champions like if I had to say it at a high level, it is to change the day to day experience of being a, a college athlete, right? Like that that's what they're trying to change. You know, you're thinking back to the days of like practicing in West Pine Gym and living in Grand Forest and playing most teams off campus, and now they're just trying to centralize everything. And then give them more amenities that they've either never had before or that they might have to go somewhere else to get it taken care of. Um, it, I, I think it just elevates that experience. And it's really hard for a fan to sort of um, understand that, right? Or like really intuitively know what that that would be. You just kind of have to, it's almost like you had to do a day in the life before and after. And there are things that, you know, they're going to be able to do right next to where they live and and in most cases right next to where they play and practice and things like that and that's it, I, I think that is a big game changer for most of the athletes on campus i think it's a big deal i don't think it's i honestly i don't think it's and we've said this before as big a deal for men's and women's basketball because a lot of what they have is is right there already you know and in, in shafitz 
Um, but I think this, this really elevates things for all the other programs. And I think it will move. So if you look at Shafitz right now, if you take away the champion center to kind of put this in perspective for anyone other than men's basketball and soccer or sorry, basketball and soccer, they had offices in the top level of the, so the, the offices alongside the practice gym. So along the baseline of the practice gym is where the offices are. It's a straight line down. There's two levels. Okay. There's men's bat. There's basketball. I think men's basketball and soccer at the top. Volleyball is at the top. I don't know. Anyway, it will basically allow for things to just kind of move uphill. Right. So men's and women's basketball, men's and women's soccer will move to the champion center and then the this will allow for offices for volleyball to increase the size they will probably volleyball take over some offices um baseball take over some offices softball take over some offices and so on and so forth is what i'm assuming will happen right um but yeah so i mean it changes things for you know visually when you bring recruits on campus yeah. Um, it, it, again, it's, it's about time as well. You're, you're maximizing your, your, your players, your student athletes time, whether it be, you know, for practice and whatnot and getting them, you know, fed, uh, quickly after practice. Not that the anabolic window actually is a thing, uh, just for everybody out there. Um, but like it, it's, it's maximizing efficiency really, I think at the end of the day. Yeah, it is. And and just to kind of like, I'm going through the slideshow right now. Um, after the lobby, they show you the recruiting room. So there you've got, you know, a place to meet with recruits, their families, everything like that. It's set up really well. Um, floor to ceiling windows, screens, you know, just like it, it's nice to have a dedicated place to go, right? To take them. Basketball Operations Center, Performance and Nutrition Center. We, we already talked about the student success suite. And, um, there's, there's the technology suite, uh, let's see here. And, and yeah, that's okay. So that's what they've got in this main photo gallery here. Um, the, the fueling station is what they call the little place where you can kind of grab and go snack bar, grab a cliff bar, Gatorade. Exactly. They've got team dining suite suites, which is nice to have, um, right there because sometimes it's kind of like, there's not always that place, right? Where you could take your whole team, everyone involved with your program and, and, and go to a single place for a meal. Um, you wind up having to use, you know, suites within um, the student union, student center, whatever it's called, um, you know, or maybe like Lorenzini's or spaces like that, that you're trying to get, but to have that here all the time is just really nice. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a few other rooms throughout there that what they've called the sanctuary space. There's some, sports psychology offices in there, academic support offices. And then um, more of the head coaches offices are going to be in there. I, I do think, I think if I'm not mistaken, the the men's and women's basketball offices are moving into this building, right? Right. And yeah. soccer. And okay. So, so you've got that too. It's new office space for all the coaches, which should be an upgrade over what they've got. Um, so yeah, you, you could just see it's, it's a big deal. It's not the kind of thing that's a, a big deal to us fans, as as we've remarked before, even when way back when this was announced for the first time. Um, it just isn't. It doesn't change the fan experience. But you would like to think that it's going to 
help improve morale, performance, all of the things that, you know, they need on a day-to-day basis to compete at the highest level. I think that's, that's important and it's indirect for us, but um, I, I think it's good to have that for, for all of these different programs. It's just a big upgrade for everybody. And, you know, we're talking about between students and staff, you're talking about four or 500 people, right. That, that are impacted by this. So that, that's a big deal. I, I think box and one put it very succinctly on billikins.com. He said table stakes. <laughs> if we want to compete with big E schools, uh, yeah, this is the cost of doing business. And now, uh, and now we have to up the NIL bag. Cause that's the other piece of it that, that we do. And the Billiken victory fund lives. We, <laughs> We have proof of life, Zach. Yes, it's like uh, it's like young Frankenstein, Pete. It's alive. <laughs> it's, it's alive. alive. Uh, they did not tweet from May 18th until October 11th. Mm-mm. Man, I mean, I, I apparently there has been fundraising behind the scenes, according to a Billikens.com poster. Right. Um, but like we talked about this last week, this this isn't something that can just stay behind the scenes. Like say it with your chest. Yeah, we and we got into this last week, right? It just yeah. you're a public facing, ostensibly fundraising organization. Um, you gotta you gotta keep being active. You gotta be vocal, and you have to project strength and vision and solidarity and all of those things that we talked about last week as well. Um, so it's that's a long that's a five month break right there, Zach. Yeah, I think did, did am I am I imagining things or did Troy at some point say we have all the funds we need for this season? Like, like I, that seems. I think I think that was very early on. That was okay. early on. Like he was like you know up front. It, it seems like they had committed, like some people behind the scenes committed to helping get it off the ground. Okay, and they he said I think we you know we've got the funds we need for this cycle but then we need to keep funding it for the future. Yeah. And I think as it turned out, it, 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 you know, in the end, I'm not sure they really did. I don't think, I don't think they knew what the, the ante was yes. for that first cycle. We're um, a lot of gambling metaphors today. A I lot of, a lot of card yeah. table metaphors. I don't um, think a lot of people knew how, how much other schools would be throwing. I, I don't think any schools knew how no. much other schools were going to be, but no. and that's fair. That's totally fair. Uh, but they have uh, released details on an exclusive tip-off event. It'll be 6 p.m. on Tuesday, October 17th at Chaffetz Arena. Um, it's going to be a private practice with men's basketball cocktails and appetizers to follow. It looks like 50 people is the cap, which, again, if you're looking for an exclusive event, that is that is much better mm-hmm. than a private practice of, you know, 700 maybe people <laughs> with like a hundred kids. You yeah. Know? This, this, I got to say uh, this event is exactly the kind of thing that I would do. Um, that price level, the, the nature of the event, I would be a hundred percent in, I just happen to live 350 miles away. So um, I can't be there on a Tuesday evening at 6 PM, but um, I got to I mean, we, we were just on their case for being a little too quiet publicly. Absolutely. But this is right in the wheelhouse of of what I I personally, as a forty year old professional, uh, you know, not the kind of person who's got a trust fund to blow supporting my favorite program, and 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 not uh, independently wealthy person. 
um, but also able to to kick in a little for something that I find you know interesting like this. This is this is exactly what I would be um, in for. Like things like this, a few times a year, I'd, I'd always be in. So um, I think this is cool. I think it's a great event. I know other people have said the same, whether or not they're going to be able to make it. But um, I think it's great. I think they should have given if they could have given a little more notice. That would that would have been awesome. Yeah. But if they still think they can get to that capacity only um you know notifying people a week or two out that's fine too um you know makes sense to me we're gonna get into the because there was an announcement for an open practice eventually which came after the announcement for this tip-off event and i think i think if they could have orchestrated with the athletic department for the announcement of the open practice and then said hey you know, skip the the madhouse that is mm-hmm. the the open practice and, and come to this exclusive tip off event. Like that makes a that that would have been so much easier, I think, on some of the fans. And there was some pushback that was like when they first announced this event, like, yo, you're not going to do an open practice, so you're gonna yeah. so you're gonna hold us hostage for two fifty, like. You're uh, the price point is right, like you mentioned, because you're not pricing anybody out that would have paid a hundred dollars, and nobody, nobody who paid two fifty, or no, there's not a whole bunch of people that are going to pay a hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Like that price point is it, it's it's right, it, like you said, yeah. it's just right. And at the same time, I don't think a lot of people would pay five hundred for it, right? Oh God, so- no. Yeah, so so yeah, I, I, I think nope. I think the price point is right, but but I don't disagree with you because some of the initial reaction, especially from people who have been feeling a little more negative than usual toward the program yeah. in the off season, was like, "Whoa, there's no midnight madness. There's no like like big tip off event. There's no open practice, but I can do this if I pay." You know, so there, there was a little bit of that kind of grumbling. But you're right. I think had they already known there's an open practice, but like this is a different thing and a different kind of level, and maybe it's a little bit exclusive and. Um, I think that, I think that reaction would have been different, but I I'm glad regardless, I'm glad they came along and still announced, um, the open practice, um, yes. on October 20th at four to six. So three days after the, uh, exclusive tip off of that, um, which is Zach, funny and we'll get into that, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to, I mean, we can, if if you've got more to say on the Billiken Victory Fund, I was just going to say uh, you thought it was a pretty well written um, invitation to the open practice. Well, yeah, but I just want to say, like, on the Billiken Victory Fund, like, I would like, like, I have talked about this for how long have how long have you kind of you and I been doing podcast business? Not necessarily this podcast, but even going back to the house that Rick built. Oh yeah, like, okay. So like how, easily four years or more. Yeah. yeah. How often have I said I would love to do like talking going looking back at like the Kyle Cassidy interview we did where he like we did it for my apartment in Soulard. Like I love the idea of live like round table, a couple guests. Like I love the idea of doing one of those. Yeah. Um, and look, Troy, let's collaborate here. Let's get I'll MC. Like, it'll be fun. It'll be informal in a lot of ways. We don't need to get the heavy hitters, the rammers. Like, let's let's be real down to earth. Let's tell some stories. But let's do some sort of event at Humphreys, at Fieldhouse, maybe pregame, 
uh, let's get, you know, the, the guys from your spoon hour team, let's get a couple of those dudes together. Let's I'll, I'll facilitate you guys just shoot the shit and tell some funny stories, you know, PG 13 to our like parents struck. No, seriously parents strongly cautioned, but you know, it could get weird. Like, you know, if you're, if you're comfortable bringing your, you, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's do something a little edgier. Let's do, you know, a, uh, a, a cover at the door and a cash bar. Let's, let's do something fun. Let's collaborate. Let's raise some money. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Troy. Um, I just wanted to put that out there on tape because I, I would love to MC or, you know, uh, moderate, not moderate. I don't say moderate. Cause I can't moderate anything. Um, but like, let's, let's do something. Well, one of the also other points that I think you and I have kind of made recently is that like, we could just, if somebody from the BVF wants to come on the show and just talk about it a little bit more, that'd be great. I think we do have listeners out there who are, uh, Billiken victory fund curious, but maybe not like fully committed. Right. Like, see, like, I, I think, I think if they had a little more perspective on what it is, how it works, what's their mission, what's their philosophy, um, what are their successes so far? And look, I know they can't get into like numbers and names and things like that, but um, how do they feel that they've been successful? Where have they come up short? Um, Where do they see this in the next 12, 18, 24 months? You know, let's just like, let's learn about it a little bit. And I think once that barrier is down for people, once they're a little more comfortable with the idea of it, I think, I think they'll see some more smaller time um, donors start to start to get into it. Um, hell, hell yeah. I, I and think, it, yeah, you and I, you and I are always here to, to platform and to, to kick ideas around. I mean, Troy, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I don't play gotcha, man. You've been on my show. We've done what an hour and a half two hours try like <laughs> let's let's roll um but no or, or, or anybody else anybody but i, I also I, think know. i also think you know troy i think west pine bills tweeted at billick and victory fund like yo this 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 idea pre-game they talked about pre-game parties and it's and troy said yo send me over any any ideas you might have it's like troy that's you can you guys can come on the show and talk to the rabid Billiken fans. The the most we we are all the most mentally ill of Billiken fans here. Like <laughs> we think about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're talking directly to a a pool of probably two hundred to fifty people that just think about Billiken basketball and ideas on how to make things better. Yeah, like come, just literally come on here and be like, all right, everybody, send me ideas. So. What I want you all to do, if you're still listening at this point, tweet at Troy Robertson, tweet at the Billiken Victory Fund, send them ideas. Actually, no, tell them you want me to moderate or MC an event with the Spoon Hour guys. Tell them that because I want to do that. I want to help raise some money for the Billiken Victory Fund. Sounds fun. Let's uh, uh, let's see where it goes. We talked about that open practice. Yeah, it's October twentieth. From four to six. God, it's at four to six. They're killing me, man. Uh, yeah, but I get did, your work done early. Get I your work know, done early. Do um, but I did really like the way this was written. Go ahead and, and read that for me. Yeah. So this was a, an email that went out. Except for um, one thing I did find here that I have a problem with, but we'll get to it. 
Okay. All right. Billiken Nation, thank you for your continued support of SLU basketball. You are invited to an open practice to preview the 2023-24 SLU men's basketball team. We hope you can join us on Friday, October 20th from 4 to 6 p.m. in the pavilion at Chaffetz Arena. This is your first opportunity to see the Billikens in action. We are excited about a strong core of returning players, such as academic All-American and sharpshooter Gibson Jimerson, the high-flying duo of TJ Hargrove and Sincere Parker, as well as exciting local talent in Larry Hughes Jr. and Kellen Thames. Additionally, we have an exceptional group of newcomers in Sion Medley, Bruce Zhang, Steph Von Busel, George A. Churchich, Abubakar Makasa, Tim Dalger, Brad Ezawiro, and Mike Meadows. Um, we look forward to seeing you on October 20th. Thank you and go Billikens. Did, did you spot the issue with in the in the in the wording here? This will not be the first opportunity to see the Billikens in action, given that it's on October 20th, three days after oh. the Billiken victory fund. Yeah, I would, I would that's not what I would have uh, caught. But yeah, you, no. No, um, I again like I'm but, I'm but to but to all but a small group of people, yeah, that this is true. This is more or less yes, yes. This yeah. is it's really well written and, and actually really like this is this is hype. Like it's not uh, it's hyped, but it's also not overextending yourself. It's not being ridiculous. Like some of the stuff you see like on Twitter. It can be a little bit out there, but like this, I think this is well written and actually gets me excited uh, for what what they for for overachieving. Yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah this is I, I like this a lot. Um, I like that they're doing the open practice. Um, I do wish it would have come before, you know, the the Billiken Victory Fund, but yeah. I guess it is three days later. So you know, did we did we cause the issue here? Were they? W- w- was the announcement going to come later for the Billiken Victory Fund? But, but we, we nudged we, them too. We soon. just kept annoying them until they're like, "Fine." That may be giving us too much credit, but I don't know. No, we're annoying. That's not giving us credit. That's <laughs> um, uh, some good news. Uh, Steph Van Bussel, SVB, uh, which I will probably be going with SVB because I cannot read. Uh, back to full contact drills in practice. Uh, so that's good news. It's good news. It's always good to see somebody who has been in a walking boot um, back in, in full contact drills. Uh, but unfortunately, it always comes always, with bad. It's always one step forward, one step back. And it sounds like we just got word uh, to today, right? That yeah. uh, that big Bruce is going to be out until mid-November. Uh, with an injury it's an it's an undisclosed injury we don't know the nature of it but travis ford was on um sports on a sunday morning and uh and and let us know the bad news there zach and this is for a guy who could be the starting center if we don't get that waiver for brad um this is this is a setback sports on a sunday morning is like the one show that i associate with kmox besides uh besides the garden show do you remember the garden show I do, I do morning. actually. <laughs> I freaking I love that show. I don't know. I don't even like plants, but I love we got, that we show. We got one of those in Cincinnati too on the big AM uh, so... radio station here. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, undisclosed injury. Um, he also indicated on Sports on a Sunday morning that TJ would get some run at the five as a small five. <clears throat> I've been saying 
I'd like to see him as a stretch big for a while. Now pack on some pounds there, TJ. And uh, you don't yeah, like that idea. I, I don't. I mean, if you're running him at the five, to me, that just says um, Steph and uh, Magasa are not ready. Either one or both of them are just not ready uh, for big minutes. It, it To me, it's like when we used TJ, I believe that was against Auburn when we used him to match up with a, a particularly difficult big man match up there and it kind of worked for you know for that that game it um it threw him off a little bit but to me if you're doing that more than like as a as a matchup proposition if you're actually doing that with some regularity that's that's a problem i'm all for like a, a gimmick defense to um you know to 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 win one game to do it in one game but like putting a six four guy out there at the five that's like a, a gimmick defense. You're going to um, love the next, the, my next point here. What's your next point then? Well, as I, as Gremio on Bellicans.com noted, uh, he heard uh, Travis state a week ago. And I think Travis also said it on sports on a Sunday morning uh, that a uh, quote, and he's paraphrasing. Apparently uh, mm-hmm. we are going to press, press and press some more press and trap almost every time the opponent has the ball. And TJ will play a large amount of time at the five. Uh, will be a heck of a pro- matchup problem for opponents. Our strengths are at the one, two, and three. And Meadows is an imp- amazing player. Will be the primary one. Do you are you are you finally in years a year eight? Are you believing that we will finally see a pressing Travis Ford team? We were screaming for a press a lot last season, and we we saw it a little bit. We saw it work a couple times, uh, but it just they never stick with it, right? And 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 we heard before last season we're going to shoot a lot more threes, and we really didn't. Um, full Grinnell. We've heard it before other seasons we're going to play faster, and we really don't. Um, even if it goes for a little bit, it doesn't stick, kind of thing. I don't. I just kind of believe that by now. Ford is who he is in terms of like his style and and the structure and, 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 you know, it's like, it's like Majerus with a zone. He's not going to start running a zone. He's just, it's just not what he knows. It's not what he's comfortable with. He just, I, I just don't see this being a pressing team. Maybe, maybe, right. Like may, maybe we don't have a choice, but we kind of thought that at, at times last season um, due to personnel limitations. So I'll believe it when I see it is kind of where I'm at with this. You mentioned their personnel uh, limitations, and uh, that leads me perfectly to my next point here. Uh, we got some, we finally got some social media looks at the 2023-24 St. Louis Billikens. They are not in witness protection program. <laughs> per, per a source within the athletic department, they are not in hiding from uh, from uh, Henry Hill or whatever. Um we got it. We got a get to know video, and it was Tim Dolger. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, to I mean, it, it, and the timing was great, Zach. Like this is exactly the kind of thing we described, like we would like to see, and then a few days later, it comes out. Weird. Uh, great timing. Great timing. But um, I thought it was good. He seems like a, a fun guy, a nice guy, and I had never, you know. I never really heard him speak that much before that, or or didn't really know a whole lot about him. Like, I, I there's what's in his bio on you know Tulsa's, um, I guess athletics website, right? Like the stuff that I could have figured out 
about him before kind of knew his background a little bit where he's from stuff like that but yeah just to kind of get get a, get a feel for somebody's personality and stuff like that it was it was good and i hope they do more of these because we have so many new players like we said last week you include the walk-ons and we've got double digit new players on this roster so uh i i would love to see something for all of them yeah i think i think again i think we brought up last week i think it's obvious that that they were understaffed and put all their man hours into the champion center sure i, I just it's a major slew event and you know you do have all those other student athletes and all those other coaches but you can't do things in ex- at the expense of your biggest sport your biggest marketing project of the year as this show goes out on monday morning we are eight days away from seeing them in game action you know that's october 24th that we are going to see that first exhibition game and i know it's a couple more weeks until we have like true game action but still i mean that's you're getting in you're getting suited up and playing in front of your fans in in eight days from now and um it's just it just feels like they're spread pretty thin over there yeah and and i would i would love to see more hands on deck to to be covering all of this yeah i think one of the things that bothers me is the lack of like a plan it it, it seems like they do a lot of cool things one off yeah but they never yeah. like continue them and they like, never follow like there's no they're, they're, like jordan Neisler's amazing at what he does yeah but he's a creative like you need some something behind him that is say not not above him just behind him you first of all you need another you you need one more jordan neisler on staff you really do uh but i would love to see somebody behind jordan that says okay that works with jordan collaboratively and says okay what do you want to do and then how can we structure that so that you say, okay, we did, we did Dodger today. We're going to do when, can, what's, what's the next date you can get Bruce Zhang out? Yeah. What's the next day you can, and then how many days again until you can get uh, Mike Meadows out, you know? You know, we, we are at the point now, like it, we, there are more players that have not been introed like that than there are days until that first exhibition game. So you could do one every couple of days before the first regular season game. But if you wanted to have them all intro, you would have to start doing one a day now. Yeah. Um, technically two on one of those days. But yeah, the, the, the point is I, you're right. Like it would one more person would make a world of difference probably. And um we're getting close to the season and, and, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's been a trickle, but look to their credit, we really complained that we hadn't heard much of anything as yeah. a week ago when we were recording and there's been, there's been some good stuff in the last week. So, oh, yes. my, you know, tip, you, tip of the cap to them. I'm glad that stuff's finally starting to come through. You got to put your, your employees in the spot where they can do their job and do what they're good at and give them the freedom to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think I think one of the major things that we saw this past week that showcased the understaffed nature is is this week in Billiken Athletics graphic. Man, uh, I I feel bad for whoever got that put on them that had to do that. But like that, again, they've been putting out an amazing this week in Billiken Athletics graphic for the last what month? 
mm-hmm. is great. It's a calendar. We it's a week's calendar. It's got everything. And then they just inexp like it's literally it's an idiot proof. Um, what do you call it? Uh, template? template. Yeah. yeah, that's what you do. Like that's that's all adulthood is. People is idiot proofed templates. <laughs> Have has nobody else figured this out yet? I'm sure everybody figures this out, right? Copy and paste is all <laughs> as all the adult jobs are anymore. Um, but yeah, it's a beautiful template. It's a week, right? And so they just grab another one. Like they just made a completely different template. Like right. I just don't, and I'm not, I'm not going to belabor the point. We went into it way enough on Twitter. It was bad. Um, you can find our tweet out there. I'm not going to go in on the, everything that was wrong with it, but like you got to make sure that everyone that's going to do these graphics has the access to that template. It's right. not, and, and you avoid this whole situation. So um, you avoid having people in your mentions, you know, clowning on something. And I don't know. It's just, the, it's that, it's that minutia that I wish uh, Billiken athletics did a little bit better. Right. Um, we got computer rankings. <laughs> we did. Do, do you care about the computer rankings? Given the fact that we have no idea what we're what we're going to see on the floor for the Billikens. So we get a lot of preseason rankings that are like coming from content dudes, right? Like like people just trying to put out as much big whatever, game boomer, whatever niche they're in, as much content as possible. Top ten, this top ten every day coming into the season. Top ten second year coaches, and 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 it's just it's it's stupid. So much of that stuff is just stupid, and it's clearly, um it's it's geared toward the fans of the biggest programs right like like they are their incentive structure on social media is such that they want the most engagement possible and so all things being equal that means you would rather reach out to a big 10 fan base than an a10 fan base and and so somebody like gibson jimerson isn't going to be on the best shooters list um, in favor, if you're, if you're deciding between two guys, you're going to pick a guy from Nebraska instead of a guy from St. Louis, just because that's how those things work. They're dumb. Ken Palm. I've, I've always liked the work that he does. And this was the, the, today was the, I guess Sunday yesterday, as you listen to this was the annual release of his preseason rankings. And then the model will change throughout the year, um, as the games actually happen. Now, Zach, it's not great news for SLU. Um, some people says it's say it's better than what they, they expected, but yeah, come on now. I I'm, I'm new to this language. Um, it, <laughs> so, so I, I don't know when you see this number that the Ken Palm rankings have for us in the preseason, I don't know how it makes you feel, but seeing a one fifteen next to slew was not uh heartwarming for me. I know that much. Yeah, no, not fun. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, but again, I mean, this this team that we're about to throw on the court, I, I'd have no expectations out of either. No, and, and, and I've said that before, too. Like, I'm I'm at the point where, like, a lot of people are really, really, really down. I'm not really in that set at all. And then um, there are I other just people. Don't think, I just don't think there's any way that we bring in players that are Jim Cruz bad. Like a th- team. I don't think a team. We don't have a team full of Jim Cruz bad. You know what I mean? No, but I I really am at the point where I just want to watch him play and enjoy it. I I, I am 
I'm unbur last year we had the burden of expectations weighing on all of us so heavily yeah. and it didn't pan out. And this year, completely new roster, almost completely new roster. And uh, I just, I don't, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. If this is where they wind up, this is where they wind up and I'll ride the highs and lows of the season. But basically the, the preseason rankings have us at one fifteenth overall. That would put us at seventh in the A-10. And our conference projected record would be nine and nine and implying an overall record of 18 and 11. Um, but that, that record does only include Wyoming at the Myrtle Beach Invitational. They don't have the subsequent rounds in there. Uh, they just don't know the opponents yet. Um, but based on on the rankings, at least one of those would be a loss because um, he would probably have Charleston beating Vermont, and Charleston's like 97. Vermont is like 135 or something like that. So Slew's kind of in between them. And then, you know, there's four teams on the other side of the bracket, so you just don't know who that would be. Um, so this this would put Slew at either, you know, 19 and 12 or 18 and 13. And then, uh, you know, subtract one of those wins because it would be coming against a lower division opponent um, in Lincoln University. So honestly, nine and two in the known non-conference games, Zach, is not bad to me because those only losses are Drake and NC State. And where it gets me is 500 in the A-10, right? Because that ain't good. If you look at his his rankings overall, he's got Dayton, Bonaventure, and Loyola finishing at the top with a 12 and six record. Dayton's the top ranked A-10 team, 69th overall. And nice. I know you're going to say nice, but what's not nice is that implies that this is a one bid league. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wh whoever wins the conference tournament is is, is what is it based on his expectations again. This is a computer model from Ken, from Ken Palm, who I like and 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 trust in all of those things. But they play the games for a reason. Uh, you never know who's going to play better than expected, worse than expected. There is room for the A10 to be better, certainly. But this is a a, a fairly gloomy uh, prediction for the league. And if we go 500 in a league that that's this down, I that's where I would be disappointed. If 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 we do what he expects in the non-conference, I'm 100 fine with it, actually. And everybody, don't forget that nobody beats the whiz on Billikens.com either. Oh, yeah. When it comes yeah, to computer wait. modeling. Yeah. I still don't know what the hell he's running over there, but it's an it, No, it's, he 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 winds up more accurate than than Vegas, though, yeah. uh, for, for slew games, um, which has always always impressed me. Uh, Pete, I gotta ask you, you mentioned the weight of expectations, and I think you know how much it like Going into that season, I talked a lot about what this team, what that team could mean for us specifically. Mm. And I'm mm -hmm. wondering if if that bothered you as much as it did me, thinking about what got left on the table. And selfishly, of course, because what does it matter, right? We're just yeah. a couple of dudes talking. But like when you go in and you look at what it did for Sully, yeah. And the Dayton podcast to go to shoot up to what they were number one at one point that season. Yeah. They, like they were hot. They were way, they were looking at a one seed. Maybe. I mean, Scott Van Pelt was on the show. Like, I, think they, they, I think they were number two. I don't think they were ever number one, but I think they were number two and they would have been a one seed in the, yes. in the tournament. Yeah. But again, they, they have not made the tournament. Um, <laughs> doesn't but, matter, but I'm wondering if that bothered you as well. 
It did. You've probably thought about that aspect more than I have about like a really big season last year would have meant a much bigger following for us and bigger yes. numbers. And, and um, it was interesting. Um, you, you mentioned Sully and this week, he just announced that he was going to be, you know, signing off, not doing a show anymore, but he said he had at least a thousand listeners for every show. Um, and that's, that's a that's, big, that is a big, like emotional kick. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a, that's a big number. That's a bigger number than I think people realize for podcasts because people are going to be thinking about like, you know, Joe Rogan, our bar store, like the, the biggest podcasts is, is always what you get compared to or always what you think of. And that's just not realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, podcasts you're really measuring in, in the hundreds or low thousands, you know, for, for when you're thinking about that, like top quarter of, of what they're doing, most podcasts Especially are listened to a- very, very few people. Right. And, we are endlessly grateful for every single listener, no doubt. But yeah, when you when you see him say he's got a thousand for all of them, it's kind of like, oh man, yeah, we 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 have kind of missed out, you know. We haven't gotten that yet, but in in, in due time, Zach, you know, like eventually we'll catch that uh, <laughs> lightning in a bottle kind of season. And even if this isn't it, hopefully, hopefully, Slew's time is coming, and 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 we'll benefit from that. But. Yeah, I, I I would bet I would venture a bet that you've probably thought about that a little more than I have. Yeah, because I'm the one that looks at the numbers. Yeah, like I and I haven't, like to be honest, I haven't looked at numbers in, like since last season at mid season. I stopped. I just I can't. Like it was just too frustrating, and and mm. and and what was happening is I look at the rankings. And then I would go drown my sorrows in two men in a garden salsa. That's the most uh, jarring transition I've ever heard out of you. <laughs> Speaking of of jar, Zach, since we're into the ad read now, here's what's left of my bread and butter kickers pickles. This is an empty jar. It was full last week when I recorded that goofy unboxing thing that I did. <laughs> but one thing I noticed, Zach, we, we talked about the Missouri grown stamp that's on the label and that's on the side of the box that it came in and everything. I look at the ingredients here, cucumber, water, white vinegar, sugar, yellow onions, jalapenos, mustard seed, celery seed, salt, and turmeric. And that's it. I've cooked with all of those ingredients many times. I, can't pronou- I, I I'm familiar with all of them. I can pronounce all of them. If you grab grocery store aisle pickles, you don't know all of those words. You don't know what all of those ingredients are. You can't cook with all of them. You don't know what they do. I looked at those salsa, Zach. Organic tomatoes, yellow onion, white vinegar, tomato paste, bell pepper, jalapeno, sugar, cilantro, garlic, salt, and cumin. And then, like you said, they've also got the one with no sugar added as well. And that's just on this medium cantina style salsa right here that I haven't opened yet. And I love that. Like if I... All things being equal, if I'm if I've got two jars of salsa, and I'm looking at, at at them like the one that has the fresh, natural, good, straight up ingredients. That's the one I'm gonna get. You know, yeah. I mean the, the the price on grocery store salsas has gone way up lately, and you're not really paying much of a premium at all for this stuff anymore. Um, it's Missouri ground, Missouri made in St. Louis. There, right on the label. It's it's great. And they've got, uh, you know, your best buy date on the bottom. These aren't going to last years and years and years because they're not made to. And that's fine. 
Um, and, and trust me, once you open a jar of them, you don't need it to last years. It's probably not going to last more than a couple days, depending on your, uh, your ability to regulate yourself. So two men in a garden salsa. I, I, I trust them. I trust what's in it. Um, you know, I've got a, it's not just me anymore either. I've got kids and I like to feed them the best stuff possible too. two men in a garden.com, uh, and check out all your lo- local grocers. If you're in St. Louis as well for their stuff. Um, fantastic. I love that. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really, I have a terrible diet, but I, I get that. I, I, I do get the, uh, the ingredients, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, you can't you, you can't do it all the time, but when you can, like when you can, go for it. Yes. Uh men's soccer. Uh well, this week we're, there was some good news in the rankings, but we're going to get to some not so great news here. RPI is 20, same as last week. Coaches poll 25th. They were not ranked last week. Top drawer soccer 21st. Uh college soccer news not ranked. Uh 31 based on the also receiving votes. Uh, they played Central Arkansas to a 3-1 win in the midweek, Peter. It was a fun one, too, Zach. Um, in the, that 11th-minute goal is, was just where we've got to get started. Uh, Central Arkansas was un, unable to clear a corner kick, and Christian Buendia settled it off his chest, uh, let it bounce, I think, twice, and he blasted an absolute stonker off that second bounce. I've never heard that word before. I, I've never heard that description of the they goal. Use, I stole it from uh, from from Davo on uh, t- uh, t- Men in Blazers. Oh, I'm sorry, okay. I was still still thinking two men. I almost said two men in a, in a blazer. But yeah, Men in Blazers, <laughs> he's used the word stonker before. Two men in a blazer is a whole other podcast. That's uh yeah that that harkens back to those uh, gross out videos of the, of yes, the mid-aughts does. that you were referring to. This made it to number five on the Sports Center top ten, and it was—I mean, before that happened, it was like, "Is this has to be the goal of the season?" Right? It was beautiful. Yeah, uh, a, a second beautiful goal. All the goals in this game were fantastic. Even even the Central Arkansas goal was really nice. Yeah. Uh, but in the 14th minute, CJ Capola uh, angled in a ball off his chest on a sharp cross from Seth Anderson. I thought this was the best of the bunch, and I was talking with Jack Micah at the women's game. And I said, I, I really thought this goal um, from start to finish was, was the best goal of the game. And he was like, yeah, man, as far as team play goes, I thought that that goal was, you know, tic-tac-toe and in the back of the net. In, in, for, in terms of like team setup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, individual achievement. Yeah. Like I, I think, I think it was McDermott who said that, um, Buendia's goal was a goal at in any league in the world. Like it's just it was that good a goal. That's that is that is that is quintessential Bill McDermott. <laughs> it is. That, it is. That's it. a goal on any field in the world. Yeah. I think he right. used that. I think he used a version of that line at the Champion Center when he talked about uh the field over at Herman Stadium. It is yeah. world. You could host a World Cup game on that field right now. On the pitch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. But this one was great. You're right. I mean, it was the buildup to it. And then, yeah, to how many goals do you actually see off a chest? You know, it's the last thing that touches it. It just shows you like that. That pass was really zinged in there and he angled just right. He had enough force on it. He hit it off his chest. Not like he was unsure of what he was doing either. Like he he knew where the ball was and had a really good sense of his his spacing and positioning. Uh, really impressive uh, pass and finish there. But 
Uh, Central Arkansas got one back in the 53rd minute. Pietro Fontana got a nice long ball from Soma Ichikawa and chipped it over Jeremy Abinell to get one back. Um, as you probably noticed by those names there, Central Arkansas's roster has a very, very international uh, flavor to it. They've got they've got players from all over the world. I, I couldn't believe where they were drawing from. Um, 69th minute, nice. Uh, Matthew Robel scores from a Kevin Komodi feed on a give-and-go. Really nice goal here as well. It was, and really wide angles too. This wasn't like a tight give-and-go. They were on opposite sides of, of kind of the the box, you know, and um, using really wide angles, but but confidently putting the ball through there. And uh, yeah, I thought this one was nice too. You're you're right. All three of these goals uh, added up to a pretty impressive performance. Uh, I think a, a play that that didn't make the score sheet necessarily, but certainly could have fit in on that ESPN top ten list. I don't know ahead of the goal or after the goal, but. Uh, with a three-run lead and under 20 to play, Galen Flynn, the St. Bonaventure transfer, had the best save by a defender. I'm sorry. This is the second time this season yeah. that a Billiken player has, I don't even remember if it was Galen Flynn both times, but this is the second time that a Billiken player has gone full extension karate kick and saved ball that certainly was ha- has made it to the goal line. Right. Uh, and just cleared it right off the line. Uh, kept it in play. Great job by the camera crew to get a, get us a good yeah, angle. Good angle. Yeah. I, I don't think it was. Uh, it definitely, unfortunately, it wasn't Ismail uh, on the camera uh, because they showed a video of him rocking out during halftime. No. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah. wasn't on the, he wasn't on the camera for this one. No, I don't know who it was, but you really got a good sense of how close this was. This isn't. This wasn't a defender who was just kind of in the right spot and stuck his leg out and stopped it from going, which is still a great play. He was to to like if you didn't see this, his head and shoulders were facing the back of the net, right? Yes. So so his foot, his outstretched foot, and I mean outstretched and high up, like a, just above waist level. Um, this this ball had to be four feet in the air or so. There's not a lot of angle for him to get this out of the net. That's the point. No, yeah, I mean his leg is is perpendicular with the crossbar, right? So so he's yeah, he has no margin for error. And and he yeah, he goes full karate it, kick, full matrix. It slowing easily down could have time. gone right up to the the roof of the net. He oh, easily could have kicked this right easily. into the roof of the net. That, you're right. Like he like he, and and no one would have faulted him, right? Cuz no. he got a miraculous foot on it. But to keep to keep it out of there, um, and, and this changes, by the way, the whole tenor of the game too, because they would have had close to 20 minutes left. Like it, from when this happened, I, I don't remember exactly what minute it was, but we're talking like 18, 19 minutes left in the game. And if they're down one, it's a completely different ball game from there. Now I'm remembering the Robo goal. It was, uh, it was on a counterattack, wasn't it? It was like he played it out wide and then Robo kept going. And I mean, it was a, it was a curling ball and yeah. Robo beat his man. Yeah. Yeah. That was, was yeah, like a really long wide. It was it up. was very much the type of goal you would see in, you know, high level professional soccer. Sure. On a counter attack. You see that a lot in the Premier League, I feel like. I feel like that goal is scored a lot on counterattacks. The the stats in this one, uh Billikens had 13 shots to Central Arkansas's nine. Billikens nine. 
Bears three shots on goal. Corners were five to one. Billikens fouls were ten to two. Uh, Central Arkansas. This was the first time that Slew had scored three goals this season, Pete. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, especially given that going into this week, the women were averaging three goals a game. Um, and just kind of, yeah, there's there's more than one way to be a uh, winning program. Uh, a tough one, though, on Saturday the 14th, Pete. Uh, this one, uh, you know, really, I, I think I mentioned, I texted you uh at one point he said get get out of dodge here just get get out of chicago with one point unfortunately they failed to do it 3-1 loss at loyola on saturday the 14th uh the scoring got opened early with an oscar dueso goal uh in the 18th minute this was a wind game right yes. Zach, i mean we saw one of these slew last season or the season that, before that was insane saying oh god where where we li- literally saw a throw in was it siue too? no 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 it, it was, was a weeknight uh, game it was it a was an east coast uh a10 team i want to say st joe's i want to say it was st joe's yeah somebody wearing maroon or black yes anyways yeah because I, I remember a throw in literally getting caught up in the air and going never boomeranging behind the player it, who threw it in it, he threw it up the line i was standing yeah. i was standing um on the on the um the press box side and i was standing at the uh mcdonald douglas hall end Mm -hmm. um and i watch it he's throwing it away from me up the field and i watch him throw it and the ball never crossed the line yeah it never crossed the line it just went sideways (laughs) it's wild and and this game it kind of had the same vibe, right? Because the, the the wind was blowing as we're watching, um, you know, right to left, basically. So the direction that Loyola was going, and I, I don't, I'm not completely sure of which direction our field is oriented, but for our purposes, it was going in Loyola's direction. And that really played to their favor, it seemed like. Um, Oscar Dueso got them on the board in the 18th minute, and then it was 2 nothing in the 30th minute. Uh, Peter Janjic, Janjic? Yeah, I was going with Janich. Yeah, Janich. Okay, something Janich. like that. He made it two nothing. Thirty minutes in, and it could have been worse. The, um, with this wind advantage, they wound up out shooting Slu ten to nothing with four of those shots on goal in the first half. And, and they had a goal waved off earlier than that Dueso goal uh, for a foul, I believe. Uh, it was uh, a Loyola player pushed Leatherman from behind before heading the ball and then it, I mean it was a it was a shooting gallery early from Loyola um and in the 50th minute though uh like you said 10 of those uh they outshot the Billikens 10 to nothing in that first half the Billikens gave it back a little bit in that second half but not as as well as Loyola gave it um well- it, you no, know, less than five minutes in, you've got Christian Buendia from Tanner Anderson. So now you're thinking, Zach, okay, yeah. we're it's the 50th minute, and now it's like, okay, it's our turn, right? Here's right. that here's that directional advantage. I co- I coach my son's team. The field we play on is it's it's like dramatically tilted. Like it's 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 not it's a city field that's down uh, close to the river in Cincinnati, and. If you were to to stand at at one end and and if you could if you could draw a, a perfect plane to the other side, I mean it's like it's four five six feet difference 
from one end to the other. And this is not like a full-size field either, right? They, they play six on six. It's a smaller field. And it's a big advantage when you're going downhill on, on, that, on that field. And I, I felt like that's exactly what I was watching in this game with the win factor. The problem is after this first goal, Slew just couldn't get anything else going. No. Well, they, they did really pressure well on Loyola. I thought in that second half, they even had a, uh, literally they had, they had a golden opportunity to tie the game on. Maybe what, like we talked about how pretty the goals were in that UCA game. Yeah. This might've been the most brilliant teamwork goal. Uh, if they had put it away, um, it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, and I don't remember who kind of whiffed on it or kind of duffed it off to the left. But they just did not get it on goal. But it was it was there for the taking, um, and I do think there was a wind advantage. Uh, but you you have to do better. Uh, I think you know not to make excuses because certainly you don't want to go in and get punked by Loyola mm-hmm. when you just entered the top twenty five. But I mean, you look at the wind, and then you add in turf. It's a team that does not play yep. on turf. Yep. Uh, so it's it's faster already just from the turf and the wind is pushing that ball like I see how SLU could could drop this game but I, I felt like you know it, you gotta be you gotta be better than that in this one and and of course in the 90th minute Loyola got one more with about 10 seconds to play Abinell really did make a, a fine play on this one to to break up a counterattack. Uh was it I, I don't remember was it Mason Harder, I don't know, because um, I, but the the Billiton goalkeeper, whoever it was in goal, uh, came all the way out past the, you know, the midline to break up a counterattack as we're pushing to equalize, and of course Loyola got a a friendly bounce, and and that was it. So yeah, it was uh, Mason Hart in this one. Yeah, it was a great play by him originally, but the ball just did not go where it needed to go off his yeah. foot. Um, the shots were 14 to six Loyola shots on goal, five to one Loyola, uh, Billiken had five corners to Loyola's four. I think you mentioned that every time you looked up in this game, that, uh, the ball was, uh, there was a goal kick. Yeah. Every time, every time <laughs> a uh, goal kick it's... coming from the end where the wind was blowing. Right. Yes. So a goal, a goal kick into the wind basically. Yes. Uh, corners five to four Billiken's fouls were were 10 to 10 they were even uh this loss snapped slew's seven game unbeaten streak uh and really a, a period of defensive dominance for the yeah, Americans. for sure uh definitely came down to earth in this one pete run us down the standings right now the billikens of course dropped this one and drop one game in the standings yeah, so that's the last uh, slew was the last un, unbeaten team in the conference, and this drops them into second place because Davidson is five and one, and slew is in second, four, one and one. Loyola and VCU right behind slew at three, one and two. And then you've got Fordham, UMass, and Duquesne all at three, two and one. Dayton, two, one and three. Bonaventure and George Mason are two, three and one. You've got LaSalle, four from the bottom at one, three and two. Rhode Island and St. Joe's are both one, four, and one. And then George Washington is winless at 0, 05 and one. Next Saturday, uh, or next up will be Saturday the 21st versus Dayton. That'll be alumni 
weekend. That'll be the day after the men's basketball open practice. It'll be good to see some of the alumni out for that one. Uh, women's soccer, Pete, run us down uh, the rankings. Yeah, and I think these are going to move in the right direction after this week, Zach. But um, <laughs> I should say so. Yeah, I hope so. The RPI was 28 heading into this week. It was 26 the week before. Coaches poll um, also went down two spots from 24 to 26. Top drawer soccer, though, had them up to 14 from 19 last week. And then college soccer news, they've been stuck at 23 for like three, four weeks now. Um, so so kind of interesting that the rankings are not they – have, they haven't really know, settled on what to do with this team quite yet, but – I think they made kind of a statement this week, Zach. Yeah, they really did. 11 goals in two games, Peter. Yeah. Starting with a 6-0 win versus UMass on Thursday the 12th. By the way, before we get into this one, I really need to throw a shout-out to whoever was cleaning, the, the guy, the student that was cleaning Herman Stadium on Friday after this one. I... Being the idiot that I am, left my AirPods sitting right where I was uh, sitting on the uh, the bleachers right next to me when I left and uh, woke up the next day and they were still there. By the way, shout out SLU students in general for just leaving them. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they started sure. moving uh, midday on Friday and I, I drove down there on a whim just to see if I could snag them. And turns out it was just one of the dudes... Uh, cleaning up had him in his pocket unbelievable nice yeah yeah feel good stories slew students are nice kids oh they're great uh if if anybody know if anybody that listens to this that's in facility management and and can can like point out who that kid was send us a dm um amazing uh 24th minute emily grork with an excellent header off a ball from caroline kelly gaby got an assist on that play uh, this, this just kicked off a, a game of just absolute domination. It did. It's, it's one of those things where it kind of took them a while to get going. Right. So basically the first quarter of this game, you could tell slew was the better team outplaying them, outclassing them, but like just couldn't get one in. And once they did, you're, you're right. It was, it was open season 27th minute, three minutes later, Hannah Larson got a really good long pass from Gaby. And then she, uh, she turned on the jet Zach absolutely beat the UMass defender and finished pretty solidly from the left side. Six minutes later, 33rd, Gaby herself, speaking of turning on the Jets, smoked the same defender. Uh, Juliana Ryan, we are sorry to call Baby you out, but Island. I saw number 11 on UMass and I was like, she is just out of her depth oh, against no. these two. Uh, so yeah, Gaby uh, made it three, nothing with that. Julia Simon got the assist on that one. And Zach, they were not done. They kept it going in the second half, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I think there was a lot. There was maybe six or seven times in this game where I said, oh, don't do her like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Like, they yeah. were playing with the, like, confidence of the Globetrotters playing the Generals. Like, right. they were just like, uh, they were, I, I've never seen the flash and the flare uh, from this team the way I did Thursday night. Uh, Caroline Kelly in the 47th minute had a crafty little volley off a head ball from Abby Miller. Uh, that came from a Izzy Lubert corner. Uh, 57th minute, Gaby again put uh, a defender on Gaby Island. He sure uh, did. More of a half-speed trot in traffic and just tuck the shot away. I, this was like, 
this was kind of, this was a lot like that goal. I'm trying to remember the goal. Uh, or it was the first goal of the last game, the previous game where it kind of came out of nowhere, just a little bit of individual brilliance. Uh, it's, it's nice to see some finesse from her. She's, she's very much a, a downhill yeah. uh, overpowering uh, attacker uh, and, and sh- showing off some, some, and she is skillful. Like she will run at you and run through traffic uh, with the ball, but you, you don't see kind of a finesse goal like this as much out of her. No, uh, and it, you saw that in the defense too, right? Like they they clearly had scouted her. Like they they had like a triangle around her that was kind of moving with her a little bit. But no, wait, of them are would... you telling me that Gaby Island is in the Bermuda Triangle? I'm absolutely. Yeah, oh, you could draw shit. it on a map in this one, and she like they they all kind of moved with her, but nobody would really bite, like make a move toward the ball. And once one of them kind of kind of hinted that she would Gaby just was like, okay, I'll take it now. Took the shot. And that was it. But it was so funny. Like they're, they're like, they were all ready for her to like try and blow by them. Right. And like, then they, she like, did. Yeah. And then she, she just, she took the shot away. Uh really good assist too, by the way, to get the uh, grower. Got it to her. Um, 90th minute Pete, they weren't done. I, I honestly was like, I think I turned it off or like walked away. Yo, I was done yeah, watching. No. I watched this one at the end. I just it, assumed it was over. It, it kind of looked okay. So this was a weird one. So Slew wound up with a corner with just it was like over ten seconds to play, and and Nina Preusser played it in. A UMass defender headed it, and it went way up in the air. Really unfortunate. Arced kind of back, and uh, and came down right on the goal line. And Jordan Gary and Macy Lutz were waiting right there. They had crowded in. Lutz had the final touch. It went off of her somewhere it was hard to say where uh umass they all wanted a handball like because it, it kind of looked like it may have gone off her arm we had two angles of it on the replay well the you know we had the game angle and then there was another replay angle that was kind of behind the goal line and you really couldn't tell from either of those but they called it a goal like they they umass you know they, they were working the refs for for this one and i i genuinely kind of felt bad for them um but at the same time, it was Macy Lutz's first goal as a Billiken. So, like, I felt really, she was clearly very excited. So, that was cool, too. Uh, I got to find out how many Billikens now that is that have scored this season because it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's really become a team effort. And and this uh, is crazy. The last few games are not necessarily games where you would have necessarily or, or, you know, you wouldn't have probably expected um the freshmen to come in for such a long stretch of time like they did the last 20 minutes or so so uh just i don't know just really impressive what this team is doing right now to answer Uh, your question zach how many different ones have scored uh six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve uh looks like 17 yes if i've Uh, got that right uh there are um hold on there are uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with a way to say this stat right now. Um there I'm trying to look for minutes, right? So Izzy Lubert has played 715 minutes and has not scored. Eva Schreiber has played 576 minutes, has not scored. Caitlin Brinkman has played 243 minutes and has not scored. Ellie Polusic has played 151 minutes and has not scored. I, I mean, there aren't any players that are just going through this rotation and not scoring. Right. Like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cap the rotation, say at 
uh, Macy Lutz. Let's say we'll cap it at, at 300 minutes. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, 300 minutes. Uh, let's see. One, two, three players have not scored that have played 300 minutes this season. Right. And one of those players is Emily Percelli. And if we yeah. do not get her a goal this season, I'm going to be pissed. If she gets a wind game uh, like we had at Loyola, you never know. You never yes. know. Uh, but um, but you also have Samantha DeLuca, right? 76 minutes, two goals. Um, you've got Macy Lutz and Jordan Gary, both right under 300 minutes, and they've, they've scored. So every, right. everybody is feasting on this team this season. It's it's absolutely impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just crazy. Uh, this team's just got so many weapons. It's, it's out of control. Um, five Oh win at Rhode Island. Uh, I have no idea. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Oh, Zach. Wait, like, okay. So just quickly, Oh, I messed up shots were 24 to five. That's in Sue's favor. UMass didn't get a shot off until about 15 minutes into the second half. And the last four shots came after slew had subbed off Emily Percelli and a number of other starters. Shots on goal, 14 to two corners, nine to one fouls through won that battle as well. 18, 14. And this was actually a career night for Emily Gaby, two goals, two assists. And, and, and I want to point out those assists that cause she's really developed as a facilitator. We talk about Gaby Island being a downhill player, but also flashing that skill on the ball. But like she's really been a good, we kind of called her out too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and fair, and, right, right. And fairly, but yeah. you know, she's but done like, unbelievably to to prove us wrong, and I love that for sure. We we want every time we criticize an athlete, we want that to happen. So so she's developed as a finisher, developed as as a facilitator. She's been incredible. But I also want to highlight this was not an expected outcome, right? Like both of oh. these teams came in to this game still with a chance for first place. Um, UMass doesn't have that anymore. But this this is not just a, a, a matter of like slew beating up on a bottom third kind of team. UMass had allowed four goals in its previous nine games and nine total goals all season. Right. Right. So after this game, slew was responsible for 40 percent of the goals against this team. Um, that's that's pretty incredible. I mean, you saw the UMass keeper bounced up, super frustrated, yelling at her defender after the first goal. And it just got worse from there. You know, yeah. She, it was it was it was incredible to watch. So I, I wanted to put that in context. And now, yes, they were not. Yeah, done. no, sorry. Um, it it was ridiculous. Uh five zero win at Rhode Island on Sunday the fifteenth. And outside of the stats, I have no idea what happened in this one. No highlights, no stream, and and well, I got to. This is the second. Let, time when we seasons. say no highlights, let's. Let's make sure we're saying that it has that we have no issue with slew on this one. No, 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 no. And I and I was just getting to that. This is the second time in two seasons slew has played a soccer game at Rhode Island. It was the men last year. We did not have a stream. What are they doing up in Kingston? Like the A10 has ESPN plus, you have a budget, right? Like you're you're supposed to be streaming as much as you can. And I don't know, I don't know what the rules are, like how many things they have to put up, but like don't put up the minimum. You, uh, to not to not do a soccer game is pretty wild to me, you yeah. know. If you, if you've got a, a field hockey team that plays twenty five miles from campus, that's one thing. You're not going to get all those. It's fine, but like, I don't know, Zach. Soccer. We, I just was not. It's easy. It's not, not like it's not. It's not field hockey. It's not off campus. It's not tennis. It's not 
uh, track and field. It's not cross country. Like again, track and field's easier to to broadcast than than cross country. It's it's on the same. It's on par with soccer probably. But like, it's not. You know, it's not golf. Right. Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, I'm looking at a map right now. The University of Rhode Island soccer absolutely plays on campus. Um, all of their athletics is kind of in the same spot over on the uh, the west side of campus. Uh, so no excuse there. We know Rhode Island has football, but they played on Saturday. And they um, yeah, they streamed that. Yeah, not Sunday. And I don't think the A10's ESPN Plus deal should have anything to do with that. And honestly, if I found out that like Rhode Island was using that, the resources from that to to give football more streaming resources that would kind of that would be upsetting because that's Uh, not an a10 sport let's see on demand uh rhode island they broadcast women's volleyball uh is the last thing they broadcast and i don't remember when that was i don't know when that was honestly um let's see Uh, rhode island volleyball Bad radio. Oh, they're good lord. They're three and eighteen, zero and nine. Oh, they're horrible. <laughs> yeah. So my guess is they probably streamed uh, volleyball over soccer, or maybe it was about the pink night. You know, getting fans into the stadium. I don't know. Ugh. Regardless, like get it together, Rhode Island. You know, like it's it's a, it's a big school. You've got all your athletic facility right there. Like get it together. No joke. No joke. Um, that that again, you know, if, if SLU has been reactive in a lot of things um that they do, uh, they have been outstanding in broadcast. For yeah. for being a school without a broadcast like department. Yeah. Without a journalism school, you know, SLU has been very, very good at putting out, you know, streaming content. And I think, I, you know, I don't, again, I want to give credit to SLU there, but I think there's a lot to be said about the fan base, too. Um, I mean, you look back and we're a fan base that was always illegal stream, illegal stream. You know, we were oh, yeah. always... I think I think I think oh, having yeah. the message board having the message board has really like it's still probably the best message board in college athletics I think. It's well I mean a lot of as I, far yeah, as I, I don't know the way that's... it's run the 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 level yeah. of usage it gets the traffic they certainly it, still exist for other schools and a lot of the bigger schools have them behind a paywall like like they're really good ones are behind a paywall and then just a lot of all of that fan activity in general has shifted to social media platforms like subreddits with either reddit or um even even facebook in some cases and and, oh. and twitter um oh can God, you imagine billikens.com running on facebook as a Facebook nightmare. group nightmare, Holy you know, so, shit. so I've seen other things over time move from more traditional forums to Facebook. And I just like, it's like enough to make you quit a hobby. It's horrible. Um, so, so it's just like, uh, I, yeah, you're, you're right. And we're lucky to have it. And I, I don't miss the, the age of like having to pirate streams out of Russia to see slew play. <laughs> uh, imagine, basketball. imagine, uh, 
Victor in in Novosibirsk in freaking Tomsk, Russia. Like yeah. like streaming a St. Louis University basketball game. Like that is ridiculous. But it happened. It, it, it existed. Yeah, I don't miss those days. I don't um, miss those days. But apparently Rhode Island uh still still mired in that. Yeah. But let's let's run down the stats on those. Yeah, ones. just real quick. Uh tenth minute. Uh would it surprise you if I said Emily Gaby scored, assisted by Emily Gork? No, nothing surprising about that right there. Uh, 34th minute, Alyssa Bacchius, assisted by Izzy Lubert on a cross into the box. Her first goal was a Billiken. Uh, Caroline Kelly in the 60th minute, assisted by Hannah Larson and Sophia Stram. Larson had the corner kick. Stram headed over and Kelly finished. 66th minute, Abby Miller, assisted by Katie Hauk. Women's soccer Twitter account called it a stunning ball from Hauk. Wish we could have seen it. Thanks yep. for nothing in my thickest Irish accent from Caddyshack. Uh, 85th minute, Hannah Sawyer, assisted by Emily Grork. Percelli played 80 minutes of the shutout, and Becca Wolterman took over for the last 10. That's got to be stressful for Becca. Well, especially because they're subbing off a lot of the other, uh, you know, high rotation players and starters too, right? So she winds up facing, in these last couple games, as many or more shots than Percelli did. And uh, to her credit, she's maintained the shutouts. So good for her. Um, shots 35 to five, slew, Ugh. 16 to 12, 16 to two, slew, eight to one on corners. Fouls were even at six to six. Rhode Island still technically top half team after this loss. So again, not picking on the bottom of the table here, Pete. No, not at all. Uh, Slu hangs on to first place with this win, uh, 7-0-1. LaSalle remains right on their heels, though, Zach, at 7-1. Uh, Dayton still technically undefeated as well, 6-0-3. St. Joseph's 4-1-3. UMass 4-2-2. Duquesne 3-1-4. Got the St. Louis area code record there. Uh, Rhode Island 3-2-3. Um, Loyola's 3-3-2. VCU's 3-4-1. Fordham 2-3-3. Bonaventure's two, four, and two. A lot of ties this year, by the way. Um, Mason is two and seven. They picked up another win somehow. Uh, Richmond's one, six, and one. Davidson, oh, six, and two. George Washington still winless at oh, seven, and one. The bottom four in this league, Zach, is just dreadful. They they are very bad. Uh, that's but eight. That's eight not wins. Who, that's not who Slew's been playing, by the way. They no, got... eight wins total uh, among the bottom four. Yeah. No, wait. Uh, no. You mean among the no, bottom sorry. half? The, wait, no. Sorry, I was thinking of... Oh, never mind, I, I did bad math. 11 <laughs> wins total overall among the last four teams in the league. No, still wrong. No, that's right! Look at oh, the overall, overall record. Overall, overall, boy. overall. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm looking at the conference record. God. Son of a... All right. All right, moving Next on. Next up. Thursday the 19th at home versus Duquesne. Then they head on the road to Philly for Sunday the 22nd at St. Joe's. Uh, Pete, volleyball this weekend. Free ticket giveaway for these matches emailed out with a link to claim them. Pretty standard practice, I think. Again, we talked about it last week. I'd really like to see, roll these in as a, if you're going to do this, just get it out ahead of time. Roll it into the men's basketball tickets. Yeah. Give you know eight ten matches one one match a weekend. I would say maybe give away the Saturday match, sure. the day the day game matches. Uh, 
but Friday was packed. Uh, the gym was real crowded for that one. Yeah, it looked like a good crowd on Saturday too, but I think Friday definitely had the edge. Uh, 3-2 win versus Fordham on Friday the 13th. And this match, it was scary. Yeah. It was it was scary on Friday. The yeah. You were wondering about the luck on this one because it started. Like, Billikens took a quick 2-0 lead in this match. Uh, 25-18, 25-17, only to turn around and drop the next two. 19-25, 22-25. Uh, and, and like I said, Friday the 13th, weird things happen. Uh, but the Billikens pulled it out 18, 16 in that third set. Uh, man, dude, 12 service aces was the most this season. Five service errors tied for the least this season. Four reception errors is the second least after the Mississippi Valley state match. This was their highest attack percentage in conference play, uh, with 385 and most assists of the season was 66. Uh, and that was with the emergence of Addie Lyon at, at setter. Uh, Delaney Rice had 23 kills. Talk about emergence. She continues to be on a tear. Yeah. Um, Jillian Mattingly had seven blocks. Addie Lyon had 61 assists, by far her career high. Between here and Missouri, she now has 700 in her career. 61 is also a season high in the A-10, and it's a most. It's the most by a Billiken since Kennedy Cordia. In with 62 in 2018, Carly Rogers had 21 digs. She's been pretty good uh, since I kind of, I was kind of critical of the, her, her service reception and digs uh, early on in the a 10 uh, overall stats were, were close in this one. Only category uh, was aces. Uh, the Billikens won that battle 12 to four Rogers with four unbelievable server. Carly Rogers is. Yeah, she really is. I I haven't been able to watch much volleyball this season, but I did this one, uh, th- these games this weekend, and uh, I it was funny because I, her specifically, she stood out to me. Maybe I wonder. I, was I wonder her a little why. bit more closely because I because w- because she's wearing a damn gray jersey. Well, <laughs> wearing a different color Good jersey, point. maybe. Good point. But but no, I I remember you being critical a couple weeks ago, and then I was like, she looks pretty. Like you're, you know, as much as you say, like you're the knucklehead, and and I I have more of the like the the mind for basketball, uh, which I by the way disagree with. But um, volleyball is completely the reverse dynamic. Like I I don't know what I'm talking about at all, and you really know volleyball, um, uh, X's I- and O's and everything, and and just just to the. Um, you know, the more casual fans, I Rogers, I thought looked great against Fordham this weekend. And to your point, I don't know X's and O's that well. I understand kind of the, I understand you know the game. I, I understand the game. I understand the game of most sports and I understand the athletic, like how it's done athletically, mm-hmm. but I don't have that, like that X's and O's strategy yeah. um, locked in that far for volleyball. But I understand like, like we were talking about it, like, like because the camera, we, first of all, slew, invest in a scissor lift, please, for the practice gym. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 so like I can't even blame the camera operator because that that's such a tight angle at yeah, half court. It is. It is. Uh, also, you get a lot of heads at the end yeah. of game at the end of sets. People standing, it's tough. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I. I 
but we talked about it and I talked about how much I really enjoy watching the high angle from up above. And I think it's literally just a camera on the wall. Oh, okay. Yeah. It really, like if you look up there, there's a camera up on the wall. I think it's just, a, it's like just stationary. Uh, but you can see, especially on the serve, you can see the movement on it. So a lot of times I'll whine and complain about service reception until I watch that angle. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that thing dropped. Yeah. Uh, but it's incredible to watch. I, I beg of the uh, producer to show more of that angle when Rogers is serving, because you will see exactly the trickery that she puts on that ball. Yeah, she really does. Uh, three, two wins Saturday, the 14th. Uh, Pete, I felt like that. Like, I think I tweeted out, but I felt like that gif of, uh, of Tim Allen and the Santa Claus completely going gray. <laughs> All at once watching in seconds. Uh, yeah, I'm extremely lucky. I have short blonde hair. You yeah. cannot see the grays that I'm getting from these volleyball match. It's it's a brand new experience to me because of course I feel a personal connection to you know Kevin Kalish, Katie Shields, um, you know, these these people that have been gracious enough to come on our show. Yeah. Um, and but I've only one of them, well, now two that I've been acquainted with with prior to slew is Kevin stole with soccer and Cal McKee with women's soccer. Uh, but, but having a friend who's also the head coaching role, the head coach and it's your team. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I can handle this. Like emotionally <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of emotional investment. Yeah, for sure. I get that. And this is like, I get, this is where I throw out a little reminder to people who uh, you know, are still listening, watch more volleyball. Like you, like this is this sport. I, I, it's one of those things. Like I cannot take my eyes away from it whenever yeah. I've got a match on, you know, like I can't just have it on in the background while I'm working on other stuff. Cause I inevitably, I just, I I'm watching the whole time. It's such a fast paced game, the way the scoring works. Um, it's just, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's so it's a, it's a great TV. It's the most underrated TV sport. By yes, I, I will say that I've I, I I don't necessarily like when we're talking about indoor women's sports, I really don't understand the the amount of money that's put into women's basketball. We're talking professional, right? The that's put into women's basketball as opposed to women's volleyball. Because women's volleyball is, in my opinion, the more translate translative it translates better yeah translatable sport as yeah. it compares to like i think women's volleyball is much more entertaining than men's volleyball i've said this because yeah, I, like, I there's agree. the rallying the men's is bump set spike bump set spike game like bump set kill it's just over and over there's not as much defense in sure. the men's game yeah uh, but i i've always said that even above like women's soccer i think women's volleyball is a much more uh uh friendly entry into the women's sports world uh and i think would benefit great like yeah i think it would do if you put a lot of money behind it i think it would do well it does well in europe it does crazy well in europe i i don't think it, it would even involve a huge financial investment just like just get it on more screens like, like yeah. once you start watching this and i think it's it's happened with softball i think has really taken off with bigger and bigger crowds yeah. Especially with the softball programs that have, you know, your Oklahoma's and 
some of like the southern programs. That's another that really one I I don't I don't understand the like MLB put some money into. <laughs> I, to I'm telling you, softball. Yeah. Why not? TV the, the, when the women's tournament is on in the spring, it is essential. TV. I, I, it is I, great. I enjoy it more than the the baseball, just because it's hour and a half, two hours done. Yeah, done, done. Fast mate, let's move. Smaller move. field, faster pay. Like just it, the timing of it. It's 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 like a when fun. It's, it's more fun. Um, but but uh, volleyball to like circle back. Like I wonder get if done this, with this episode. If this is the year that that kind of like turns a corner, right? Because like the big Nebraska thing that happened a few weeks ago, yeah. Um, earlier this season with them selling out the football stadium, like I think I think more and more people are at least taking a little glance at it and like seeing what it is. And there, the the thing Zach is like volleyball. You you talk about the men's game versus the women's. There are just way more women's teams. So like you're a lot of schools are you're not going to have a men's team, you know, unless right. you're like. Um, you know, West Loyola. Coast team or yeah, right. Like so there are some out Loyola. there, but like the um the women's game is a lot more pervasive around the country. And so if you've got already a, an institutional rooting interest, go check out volleyball. Like it is it's a blast to watch. And every time I watch it, I'm like, I don't know why I don't make it a point to watch every single match because uh it's a blast. But anyway, uh back to this game or this this match, Zach. Yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't roll my eyes heavily as the Billikens once again threw away a two-set lead. Yeah. Uh, Emily Hankin, 19 kills. Addie Lyon, 51 assists. Carly Rogers, 25 digs. Mattingly, seven blocks. 13 blocks in this one ties a season high, something that I think the Billikens really need to get going going mm-hmm. forward here is, is their block game. It's It's not been very good the entire season. 73 digs was the second most on the season. Uh, they had 14 service errors in this one. Uh, and this was the most swings on the season, the most attacks, yeah. uh, attack attempts. Uh, I really, really like what we saw from Addie Lyon this season. I already mentioned it a little bit. Uh, she's obviously still working her her way back from that, that medical situation we talked about uh, early uh, earlier in the year, but I thought the swing quality was just a lot better from the hitters uh, with her at the setter position. Uh, you really uh, enjoyed watching uh, Josie Newcomb play in this one. Yeah. Again, to the untrained eye, um, she immediately stood out to me um, as she, like, I was just, cause she's a freshman. Right. And I was just, I think I texted you like, man, what a get she is like, she's going to be great. Um, really liked what she brought here. A lot of energy, and I think like like watching her play, watching Luckett play, like you can just see like there's another level of raw talent with them, and um, to see that develop over the next few years, uh, they 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 could really be special. This freshman class. You're on mute, Zach. I don't know how that happened or when. I threw it up there. Uh, sometimes when I try to take a drink. Uh, really. Um... Yeah, looking at the standings, I mean, this is this conference is is tough this year. It really is. Uh, Dayton nine and zero, VCU eight and one, Loyola Chicago seven and two. Loyola Chicago really could be eight and one, and Dayton could be nine and one. Honestly, um, Davidson four and five, Duquesne four and five, St. Louis four and five, George Washington four and five as well. Fordham three and six, George Mason two and seven, Rhode Island. Like we mentioned earlier, oh, and nine. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, next up, it's going to be a gauntlet Friday and Saturday. Dayton, nationally ranked Dayton, I believe. Still, yeah, they're really good. They've won 15 in a row. Yeah, they they were the thorn in our side when I was the manager. Um, they were the one team. Like, even when we were at, like, that was the, those were epic battles. Yeah. It was, I think it was like, it was like Dayton, Slough, Xavier, and I think Temple. Like that, that was a, that was a damn good volleyball conference. Yeah. Um, late aughts. Uh, Pete, run us down the field hockey, both games real quick. Yeah. So Friday, the 13th at Sportport, um, six, one loss to LaSalle. It was actually tied one, one after the first quarter with uh, Sierra Larson scoring on, on a rebound off an Ava Calma shot. Um, but then LaSalle scored in the second to make it two, one and a half, still a, a close game, manageable game. And then things blew open in the third. LaSalle scored four more. Uh, Tatum Johnson on LaSalle had a hat trick in the span of seven minutes. They outshot Slew 19 to four in this one and uh, 11 2 in shots on goal. They had all five penalty corners in the game as well. But luckily on Sunday, the 15th at Sportport, Slew bounced back with a 4 0 win over Maryville, who they did beat, I think, 5 0 in the preseason. Uh, Slew was up only uh, 1 0 at halftime. After a first quarter goal by Brooke Mason on an assist by Grace Golombuski. Sorry. Uh, are we saying that right, though, Zach? I got I to gotta make sure I'm pronouncing uh, these field hockey names right. She's got a tough last I name. I think that. Biusky, Biusky. I hope there's Biusky, not like a Shashevsky Okay. It could be Golombuski. I did. I think I did go to school with like a a person who had, it was like a Biusky. I yeah. won't say their full last name. But okay. Well, it was it nonetheless it was Brooke Mason's third goal of the season. Ava Blyer picked up her first career goal in the third quarter. Uh this one was off an assist from Olivia Smith and then Vitas scored on a rebound off of Brooke Mason's shot. Uh Mason got the assist for that. Demi Saoleka got the fourth goal, the game's final goal on a penalty stroke, and Kendall Underwood had the shutout with four saves. Slew out shot Maryville 21 to four. All four Maryville shots were on goal. 13 of Slew's 21 shots were on goal. And penalty corners, Slew had eight to Maryville's three. Next up, Friday the 20th, they will have Lock Haven at Sportport. Lock Haven, usually one of the, the winnable games in the A10 for uh, field hockey. Uh, cross country, Bradley Pink Classic on, on October 13th at Peoria, Illinois. Men, eight, eighth. Of 29 overall, Harrison Martinenko led the way with an AKPR 24-37. Farol Ahmed, 24-39, running on that Moy Coffee. Spencer Warner, <laughs> or Spencer Werner, 24-50. Patrick Donovan, 25-13. And Lucas Ivanovsky, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with that. Yeah. Uh 25-31 around out the top five. Women were 14th out of 32. Sophia Pellegrin, 21-37. McKenna Paulson, 2141. Uh, Carly Sear, 2156, which is her 6K PR. Star Scott, 2314. And Jordan Cantola, 2316 to round out the top five Billikens. They'll head to the A10 Championships on Saturday, the 28th at Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, and then uh, we'll we'll end with swimming and diving. We had the McKendry Drury double duel at McKendry on the 13th and hey, 14th. That five times fast. Oh, man. Uh, but unfortunately, both the men and women went 0-2 against McKendry and Drury, uh, where, where no slew swimmer had a top finish 
Uh, Megan Ang did have three top five finishes for the women, and Jedrick Camilla had two top five finishes for the men. A couple bright spots there. And then next up, Friday the 20th, they'll be at Wash U, Zach, where they will take on former head coach Jim Halliburton, who's an assistant for the Bears. That'll be uh, one to keep an eye on. Storylines, drama. Absolutely. Uh, that's going to do it. Another big time episode for us around hour and a half, a little, maybe 10 minutes, maybe an hour 20. Uh, but we're, again, we're getting back into the, the swing of basketball and uh, hopefully we get a little more out of the women's basketball team as far as news goes, Pete. Yeah, for sure. Quiet week for them, but, uh, but you know, we're, we're in the home stretch now before the season starts and I'm sure we'll be hearing some more. Well, that'll do it for us and the week in Billiken athletics. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Pete, as always, go Bills. Go Bills. Thank you.